Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew, and we are here to talk to you about sex, relationships, sexual health, actual sexual activities, and how to do them. We're here to talk about anything you want to talk about. All you have to do is send us an email at thesexwrap at gmail.com. That's wrap with a W, or call us at 413-A-RAPID, or send us a DM on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We love to hear from you. We love your questions. And uh, we know we're moving into Thanksgiving, so we're really thankful for you. And we're only talking about the really excellent parts of Thanksgiving where we're being respectful and we're not appropriating and we're understanding the broader context. Thankful to see you today, Spring. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm tired, but great. We... We, I'm grateful, we get to go to a conference this week um, and talk about more sex at the conference. So I'm very excited for an opportunity to travel, to see you, and to talk about sex. My favorite things, all in one. I mean, this is my first, like, I've done some travel and some little trips, but this is like my first big trip since COVID, too. We're going to Puerto Rico, and it's for the Society for the Scientific Study of Sexuality Conference. Normally, we ask you, our listeners, to come visit us if we're at a conference somewhere. So if you're in Puerto Rico and you're close, we'd love to say hi, uh, but you have to pay $500 to get in. So this is not a great place to come and meet us, unless you have $500, but then... Sure. $500 what, for the conference? That's how much it is to get oh, in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't have to come to the conference, but yeah, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so that's next week, which is really exciting. But this week, uh, we have a question that I'm sure is burning in a lot of people right before you go to dinner tomorrow. What are we talking about? We're talking about COVID vaccination obviously. (laughs) Yeah. So the question that came in is, how can I talk to my vaccine hesitant family about getting vaccinated? So today, this is not a sex direct question. But if you go back to last year, we did nothing but talk about COVID. Like, can I have sex yet with COVID? Are there sex positions I can have and keep myself from COVID? Uh, How do I handle long distance with COVID? I'm tired of my partner in my apartment with COVID. And today we're talking about how do I actually talk to my family or anybody really um, about COVID vaccination, especially people who are vaccine hesitant? And I think this is a really important question. So thank you, listeners, for submitting it. And and I just want to Well, I just want to start this by saying, you know, um, Andrew and I are both uh, PhDs in biobehavioral health is the name of our degree. And we focused on sexuality and on, you know, sex communication. And so we both have a lot of expertise in health communication and we're both professors of public health. And, um, and a lot of my research has been, um, in vaccination and in vaccine hesitant people. So I just want to, you know, round out our qualifications. So when we're talking about this, we do have a lot of experience and background and research related to this as well. So yes, we know a lot about sex and, uh, we do have some expertise that is directly applicable here. I mean, when you hear spring shout out loud, I love HPV. She's really <laughs> talking about HPV vaccinations and yes. how we can really pretty much get rid of all HPV and cervical and penile and anal cancer. Um, So 
go get your HPV vaccine. That's not the context for like that's not the conversation we're having today. We're we're going to talk about vaccine hesitancy because it's a big deal in the United States, but it's also a big deal globally because there's all kinds of misinformation, there's all kinds of fear, there's all kinds of like this is my identity. Like if you if you log into social media, some people will have like a picture that says I'm vaccinated, do the right thing, and then other people will have like my body, my choice, don't get vaccinated. That's a, that's a weird misappropriation of my body, my choice. Anyway, um, it's really important that we start having these conversations. And if you often they go in a very bad place very quickly where people get angry and resentful of what's going on. Um, so we are going to talk through some tips, um, some things that you can do. Uh, and these are good for most kinds of sensitive topics and conversations, but we're going to be talking about them all in terms of COVID vaccine hesitancy. Um, and then I think we can probably play with a script. Like, what does it actually look like in practice? Um, and whenever you're getting into any sensitive conversation or sensitive topic, especially something like vaccine hesitancy, the number one thing that you should do is you need to make sure that the person that you're talking with is okay having an actual conversation about vaccines with you, right? So this means that the other person has to be willing to, to chat. So if this is just going to be someone, you know, shouting out or shouting down or talking down, then don't have the conversation with them, right? That's not what we're talking about. If you want to have a conversation, you you need to be willing to have all people listen, all people be engaged, right? If someone's already 100% made up their mind, it's not worth your time, it's not worth the fight. So you should just be like, I'm not willing to have this conversation with you, so could we please stop? And when you're starting to have these conversations, um, it can feel scary, it can feel uncomfortable, just like conversations about sex. Um, anytime you know there's something important on the line, there can be some discomfort when you're having a conversation with someone. And um, and we know that, you know, times when families and friends come together, there's always people of differing sides there that you love no matter what. And, and it is really important to have these conversations with these people specifically because you are someone that they respect and trust. And so like if you're coming together to have a meal with them, um, there's a chance that they could listen to you. And so that means that it is actually really important that you open these conversations up because the only way that we start to shift people's opinions on this is having these little conversations. And research does show us that these little conversations that we have with people is the best way to get them to start to shift toward changing their mind. And they may not change their mind in one conversation, but you are helping shift that. And so it is really important to have, have these conversations. So if there are people that you know that are not vaccinated, um, what we're going to do today is walk you through all the things that you want to think about um, before you enter into conversation with them. And then we'll talk through some steps of how to actually do that as well. And I just also want to put out there, like, don't get yelled at about this. Don't let someone attack you directly about it. Like, just you know, know the people you're talking to and hopefully your family over Thanksgiving or your friends or people you know in your life, right? We're talking about having conversations with those people, like people in your circles, people who love and respect you, like Spring said, right? All right. Something else that you should make sure that you don't do, right, is avoid having these conversations in very public spaces, right? You don't want someone to feel like they're backed into a corner. You also probably don't want to have them on social media. Um, I used to fight on the internet a lot. 
And I realized that it didn't get anyone anywhere. You know, it helped get my anger out for a minute, but I wasn't making the world a better place. <laughs> um, but if you see a family member that you know that you're going to be hanging out with, uh, talk about their COVID-19 vaccine hesitancy, right? Confronting them in social media or maybe confronting them at the dinner table with everyone might not be the best place, right? Because it's almost like you're antagonizing them, that you're trying to pick a fight. Um, so usually you want to do these in a more private setting. Um, you can like use phone calls, you can use texts, you can use, you know, you're in the kitchen cooking with somebody and you have a side conversation there. Whatever it is you're doing during the day, um, you want to make sure that you're having conversations about vaccine hesitancy and most sensitive topics you don't want to throw out, you know, like you just don't want to like, ah, here's some bait. I'm going to throw it out on the table and watch the fight ensue. Like if you want to change someone's mind about vaccines, that's not how it's going to happen, right? You're going to back them further into a corner. They're going to get, become more entrenched in whatever their view is. And then you lose that opportunity to help them and all of the other people in their lives. So just be really careful about how public you make the conversations. You don't want to have them on social media. You probably don't want to have them in front of the whole family all at once. You want to make them more private and more intimate so you can have more authentic and vulnerable communication because that's what's important, right? You want to be authentic and you want to be vulnerable. You want to be a real human being that you're having a conversation with, not just someone who's spouting off a bunch of facts. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, what Andrew is talking about when we're talking about like um, all of this is really respect, right? Like it is thinking like, yeah, I'm just going to check in with you. Are you ready to talk about this? And it's also like looking for some privacy and it's all like, you just will really want to be respectful of this person and their opinions. And even if you don't agree with their opinions, that's okay. You still want to respect the person that they're coming from, right? So it's just about like making sure that everyone is going to feel comfortable to engage in the conversation because if there's not a baseline level of comfort, then you're also not going to get anywhere. All right. So the next thing that's really important is that you should be aware of all of the various biases that you have. And we're all riddled with biases. I love taking like the know your biases test at Harvard. Um, but today we're just talking about making sure that you have productive conversations. Um, and to do that, it's about getting rid of the assumptions that you have, right? And here we're talking explicitly, like, what are the person's reasons for not getting vaccinated? So we're not going to make any assumptions, right? It's easy to say it's political. It's easy to say it's a misinformation camp campaign. It's easy to say all of those sort of things. But when you're going into the conversation with somebody, you want to leave all that behind, or at least be really aware of, like, what's going on in your head. Right, because we all make judgments about the world around us, but be really careful with those sort of biases. Um, and you really want to encourage the person you're chatting with to talk about where they're coming from, right? And all of this is a conversation. All parties are involved. All parties ask questions. All parties have a say in what's going on. Um, but just be really aware of those biases, because like Spring said, if you're putting your biases on the table, it's really being disrespectful. Right? So it's just about building that respect. Um, and along with being aware of those biases, like 
if you give somebody a patronizing lecture or if you berate them about it, right? If you just like yell at them or, or say scary stuff to them, most of the time that doesn't change somebody's actual behavior, right? The vaccines have been out for a long time. The vaccines are super, super, super safe. Uh, you know, billions of people have been vaccinated. Very few major negative uh, outcomes from the vaccine. Like we know all of that, but just shouting those facts at somebody isn't going to change their mind because they've heard those facts before. So be aware of your biases and then be respectful of what's going on. Be really careful. Don't be patronizing. Like, don't take my advice that I give in most episodes where I'm like, dump them and walk away. Like, that's not okay for this conversation. It's really about building that respect that Spring was talking about, you know, with a family member or friend. And um, what we do know in vaccine hesitant people is that they often have had some type of negative experience, whether it is their own health or a friend's health, or maybe just someone they read on the internet's health, <laughs> that um, something has happened that's really um, causing them to be vaccine hesitant. And and the first thing I think like when you're getting ready to think about talking to someone about this is like start to think of all of these different reasons that someone might be hesitant um, so that you can kind of be prepared before you even like ask them what their reason is. So you can think about the things that you might um, bring up when you're talking about these to um, these issues. Right. So like if we know that people might be worried about um, they they've heard that there's some adverse reactions, then you can be prepared with um, knowing the facts around how safe the vaccine is, right? Or maybe um, they are hesitant because they've um, heard that, I don't even know what all the myths are around this right now, and I don't want to repeat them either. Um, but if you can start to think about some of the reasons that you've heard people saying they don't want to get the vaccine, then you can start to be prepared with not just a retort, but start to be prepared with some empathy and some compassion and like um, and some of the facts around uh, those issues. I mean, I have someone who's pretty close to me in my life uh, who is not vaccinated, and it's because they're terrified of needles, right? So for me, whenever I have conversations with this person, it's not about the vaccine being safe or not safe. It's not about any of those other myths out there, like Bill Gates is going to microchip you, what, whatever it is, right? Like we're staying out of judgment for now today. In my head, I'm not, don't worry. Um, but if you're really afraid of needles, it's talking about that conversation, right? Like there's obstacles uh, in the path of everybody everybody being vaccinated. So if you can suss out what some of those obstacles are, if you know ahead of time, right, like you could help, you know, dismantle or help them, you know, decrease the amount of fear or help decrease the sort of power of misinformation if you can eliminate whatever those obstacles are. And a lot of the time, the way you get rid of these obstacles is letting someone else actually talk. Right. Like I, when you're in this process with somebody, when you're having these conversations, you want to give them space and you want to ask them questions and follow up questions like, oh, all right. Well, what about this? And like, you know, if, if you're really afraid of needles, there's some other things that we could do. Um, maybe you could get numbing cream for your arm. Maybe you can do, you know, like whatever the conversation is with the other person or you I know, it's really great. You what? know what one of the most effective things is for having to get some type of needle? I mean, go with that person and like hold their hand or be close. Distraction is the number one. Oh, we, we did. We yeah, we've done a lot of research on this in the school based vaccination because young adolescents getting 
uh, vaccinated at school can get freaked out. And there's, <laughs> there's tons of them lining up, right? And they're like all psyching each other out as well. So distraction things work really well, specifically sensory distraction. So um, for example, you know, like those little bubble poppers people love playing with, like oh, yeah. a simple thing like that is really effective because it's tactile. You're using your hand, something like that. Some people really like fans, like bring a little fan, blow it on your face. Anything that like is pulling your sensory uh, attention like somewhere else, you can bring a friend, squeeze their hand really hard. Like all of these things are doing that. But anything that is pulling your attention away, and you'll notice that a lot of times when you're getting some type of shot or getting your blood drawn, um, the people that are uh, doing that for you will often employ these techniques. They're always like trying to talk to you and trying to have a little conversation with you so that they can just get the needle in there um, while you're kind of um, distracted with conversation. But these tactile things are really great at doing that because they're um, pulling your sensory uh, attention to them. So I would recommend bringing some of those things with you. Um, and that's something that you could talk about with someone if they're really um, worried about the actual needle. Anything like that could be a really great resource for them. And, and, like, and that's a great way to remove some of those like physical pain style obstacles. The other thing that you can do is you can just share your own story, right? Like a lot of times people have fears about vaccines from lots of different reasons. Like, you know, I could go and say like, well, hey, you know, I got my first one a long time ago. And yeah, I felt like a little crappy the first day, but everything was fine. And I've been perfectly healthy every day since. So you can always bring your own experiences into to try to bring those obstacles down. I think about it as barriers, right? Like what barriers are in the way and what can I do to help someone overcome that barrier? So if it's a tactile thing, it's a fan. Sometimes it's just saying, I'll go with you. Why don't we go together before we Black Friday shop on Friday morning? I, I do not Black Friday shop. I will not. I think it's <laughs> heinous. But um, just figuring out whatever you can do to help them overcome whatever that barrier is. Yeah. What else should we do? What else is important? Well, I think that. Um you just really want to be empathetic and really want to be listening. And I think that, you know, that was something that um, Andrew was talking about when he was um, talking about letting them talk, letting the other person speak and, and not, not just rushing to cut them off or to give them the fact or the thing that's going to counteract it, but really listening to them and really like being quiet as long as you can, because sometimes all people need is to express some of their thoughts or their concerns about something. And then they're ready to actually move forward. Like sometimes people just haven't gotten the opportunity to like say all the things that they're worried about and like just vocalizing them is enough. So I just want to really emphasize how important that is to listen and how important it is to give them space to talk through their concerns. And sometimes they'll talk themselves into it and you don't even have to do anything. That's the craziest thing to me that like you can actually just by supporting them and listening that to them really helps change this whole situation. So I really want to emphasize that listening is so important. I mean, that's one of the big keys to therapy overall, right? Like if we look <laughs> at what therapy is, most of the time it's sitting in a non-judgmental space where you get to talk out your thoughts and then you could help, you know, with some guiding questions along the way if necessary to move people in a direction uh, towards vaccination. Um, 
I think once again, though, it's really important to think about that other person, um, reassure them. Um, like you probably know what their worries are. If they're your family member, you're probably on their social media and you can see the kind of stuff that they've been posting. Um, but really working on getting that person ready to talk and then reassuring them. Like if you shared some of those worries at first, uh, like, you know, I wasn't sure if it was safe or I wasn't sure if it would hurt or I wasn't sure, you know, if people would have negative side effects, like talk about it. So like, I had the same worries that you did. Right. But, you know, I found out that, you know, whatever it is, like research or data or your friends all got it or other family members got it and that you wanted to be safe, right? So it's really tailoring that conversation in that empathetic way with the other person. Um, but part of this is being a human being, right? You want to be their their bro. You want to be that person who's close to them that they can trust. Um, it's a lot easier to convince somebody to get vaccinated if you don't just parrot the CDC, right? Um, so it's hard for me to have these conversations because I was super enthusiastic about getting my vaccine. I was actually part of the Moderna clinical trial. I was vaccinating before everybody else. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm also you know a scientist researcher and I was able to read what was coming out. And I'm like, this is effective. This works. I'm going to put myself in out there. Um, but uh, you know, you should have all of your facts ready to go. You should have all of your sources ready to go. But your job during these conversations when you're convincing people is to not just read all that out, right? It's building empathy, being a person that they can trust, making sure that you think about barriers, right? You want to say things that can bring those barriers down. And then you want to say things that can actually build someone's self-confidence, self-efficacy up so that they're willing to go for it. Um, but just don't say like, Fauci said this, Fauci said that, that is not going to convince a vaccine-hesitant person. It has to be, I felt this, and then... I did that. Does that does that make sense, Spring, what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that you um, want to be the person they know, not just uh, some message they've heard other places. Right, because we're at a point where everybody has heard that you should get vaccinated and that it's safe. And, you know, vaccine hesitant people have heard a lot of other messages. So after you hear those messages, you know, you might have to have some conversation about it. This is not a fight, right? If if this conversation goes towards screaming or if someone completely is closed off or if someone starts judging you, it's not your job to continue that conversation on that side. But as long as they're willing to still have conversations, encourage them to ask you questions as well, right? If they're talking about research or stats, like have them ask you questions about how you know or what the safety is like um, or, or how you know it's safe, right? Like be willing to answer all of those questions. Um, but if you do get to the point of the conversation where you're telling them facts, you need to be non-condescending. I also struggle <laughs> with this as well because I've hit a point where I just like, I'm out of energy. I cannot handle more vaccine hesitancy. If you all would have put masks on at the beginning, if you all would have gotten vaccinated, life would be back to normal in the United States. And we're still struggling. We still have thousands of people a day dying from COVID and it drives me freaking crazy. All of those thoughts and things I just said. You can send us a DM on Instagram and I will respond to you and be like, I'm here for you. I can't take it either. Um, but you need to have that conversation with me or with Spring or, you know, with a friend who agrees with you. That cannot spill over into this conversation with the vaccine hesitant person because it feels condescending to them. Right. So just be really careful, but do have your sources ready to go. The other thing that I want to add is 
if you're having this conversation with a vaccine hesitant person and you think you might be able to sway them, immediately move to action. Be like, all right, we'll be back in an hour, everybody. We'll be back in 30 minutes because you can get a COVID vaccine at every single pharmacy in the entire United States, at almost every single grocery store in the entire, like they're everywhere. Like if you want one, you can get one in probably 10 to 15 minutes in most parts of the country or less. They're easy. So you're saying quickly move to going to actually get the vaccine. Right. If you've if you've swayed someone, be like, come on, let's go. I'll buy you a ice cream after or a beer after or some turkey and stuffing, whatever it is that you want to buy this person afterwards. Like just be like, make it a fun voyage, but just know where just know where to go, right? If you're starting this conversation, and there's tons of websites where you can look at like get my COVID vaccine and they'll they'll tell you exactly where they are. All right. So those are sort of our broad tips. Um, and these tips work for pretty much every sensitive conversation you're ever going to have with a human being for the rest of your life. Are you talking about babies, talking about abortions, talking about chlamydia, talking about breakups, talking about divorce, talking about rape and sexual assault? Like you want to follow these steps to have good, <laughs> healthy communication. But with vaccine hesitancy, there is a lot of urgency here, right? And a lot of us are going to be in that situation in just one day, right? Because this, <laughs> this comes out on Wednesday. Thanksgiving is tomorrow. So if you see these people, if you're having these conversations, just keep all of this in the back of your head, right? All right. So let's move on to a commercial. And then we'll be right back after the commercial to keep talking about some pretty explicit strategies. How do you talk to someone about COVID hesitancy? All right. Be right back. Welcome back, everybody. We're glad that you're with us today. We hope that you're having a lovely Thanksgiving. If you celebrate, you're probably listening to this in like, you know, 2007 or 2027 in a February. So happy <laughs> Valentine's Day, too. But you know, I hate that. Um, we're talking about how do you talk to somebody who's vaccine hesitant about getting their COVID vaccine? We've doing some like we've done some broad strokes, right? Building empathy, staying out of judgment, really listening to the other person and then thinking about it as there are some barriers that I can remove. And then there's some, you know, facilitators or things that can really help somebody into action. I can build those up. But let's talk about, you know, what are some specific techniques? So these are some tips on just like how to move through the conversation. So like how to get from the beginning to the end. Um, and so this can actually be done fairly quickly. So you can think about, you know, this could be a three minute conversation or it can be a three hour conversation, right? And both of those are okay, though you probably don't want to spend three hours on this conversation. So I think um, you want to think about how can I like be fully present and listen, but also you don't need to let this go on forever and ever. And so like, these are some tips to kind of like keep the conversation moving as well. So how are you going to get from the beginning to the end? So the first recommendations we have here is to like, um, actually like touch base with the person and like, 
acknowledge any of the fears behind that and like uh say like yeah you know i totally understand like where you're coming from like i know you want your family to be safe i know i know that you want to be safe i know that um you're worried about our friends you know like just touch base like on however you know them and like talk about like i know i know we just all want to be healthy and safe you know like just starting off with something really simple like that like sets the frame for like okay we're all human we're all here together let's start from this place i mean that that humanity and establishing humanity is so important and along with that you can build into like well you know i love you and i want you to be safe and you know i want my parents to be safe and i want you know all of these other people but it, it, in this conversation though you want to make it really personal right you want that really common connection to this person and the people around them in their life because you're much more likely to move somebody to action if they're thinking personally like these are the circles of people around me and i want to keep myself and those people healthy um the other another thing that you want to do is address specific concerns so while you want them to talk you want it to be specific so you don't want it to be like super general um and and when they're talking when we say specific, we don't want it to be like, well, I heard from a friend of a friend of a friend, this is a thing that happened. You want it to be more specific. Um, if people are just repeating myths, right, in this conversation, you let them talk about it, but then you come back and say, well, this is your myth, and then it is not true, and address it pretty quickly, right? You want to talk about it, you want to talk about it pretty quickly, and then you want to move on. And there are a lot of myths about COVID out there. So you want to make sure you do a little bit of research. We'll put a couple links in the show notes so you can get yourself up to date. But like I said, you don't want to just be parroting Fauci. You don't want to just be listing statistics. You want it to be specific to the concern that they have. Like if someone says that they're going to inject a microchip into you so they can track you, you can kind of say like, well, first of all, you have a cell phone and it's already happened. It's too late. Second of all, the technology to do that just does not exist globally. Yeah. Like they, it is impossible to do that. It just does not work yet. So yet. <laughs> um, and then you want to quickly move on to how serious COVID is because um, sometimes, you know, this vaccine hesitancy talk gets lost and get separated from COVID. And we actually want to bring it back to how serious COVID is because that is a really strong motivator. So you talk about what their specific concerns are and then bring it back to how serious COVID is. And, um, and, here, you know, you can do this in num- numerous ways. Like you can um, talk about facts. You can talk about numbers of deaths or serious hospitalizations. You could also talk about um, somebody that you know or your family members know that have been affected. And um, and this isn't trying to like guilt somebody. It's just like, it's a reminder. Like let's remember how how serious this is and how how much we've been affected by covid. I mean, something that I talk about pretty frequently is that, you know, covid has killed more Americans in a year and a half than HIV and AIDS have killed in 40 years. Um and people are still terrified of HIV and AIDS and they're they're like they're they think it's stigmatized and uh but covid we're at a point where COVID is far more serious than HIV or AIDS because HIV and AIDS right now, you know, there's great treatments for them. You can get to undetectable. With COVID, though, there's still a significant number of people who die from it, but much more serious, right, for COVID are the number of people who are now going to be living with lifelong disability, right? Decreased lung function, de- decreased kidney function, decreased memory. Um, COVID may not kill 
you know, might not kill 100% of people who catch it, but a huge number of people who contract it have really serious lifelong negative consequences. Um, and if we look, if we look around us, everybody knows somebody who's died of COVID at this point as well. So just make it serious, make it relevant to the person. Um, and if you need to, you can talk about some of those big, broad issues as well. Yeah. And when you do that, the you want to make sure you attach to it immediately thereafter. But We've right. got some good news. Right. We've we got have, some good news. Right. We essentially have a vaccine. Um, and there, there are multiple billions of people who are vaccinated. And if you get this vaccine, COVID is no longer serious for you. Right. Like people will say, oh, breakthrough. People with a vaccine can still get it. Yeah, you might still get it. But if you do get it, it's probably going to be really mild and you're not going to be hospitalized and you're not going to die. That vaccine is amazing. So yeah, you want to say how serious COVID is and then you want to attach it to, and the good news is we have this very effective vaccine. We have a few very effective vaccines. Um, so many people have been vaccinated and then you want to follow it up with, um, you know, like I got the vaccine. I, I really recommend it. I really, and then you can connect it back to the beginning. You know, I want to, I really want all the people in my circle to be safe. I want all the people in your circle to be safe. Um, I really recommend it. And like this personal recommendation, finishing with that is actually really important because that's another thing that research shows us is so important is personal recommendations. And even if they know that you got it, actually saying, I really recommend getting it is different than just them knowing that you got it. So it is important to actually give a personal recommendation because that's one of the things that actually moves people toward changing their mind is having someone that they know give them a personal recommendation to get the vaccine. Right. You're not just saying it's safe. You're not just saying it's effective. You're saying like, this is something that I care about, that I did, that I highly recommend. And you just build it into that conversation. And that's it. Easy. Now, now everyone go get everyone vaccinated. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Yeah. All right. So do you have any final words for our vaccine hesitancy Thanksgiving episode? <laughs> I just want to say um, that, you know, if you're dreading having conversations like this, um, I want you to think of it in another way. So like, um, there's a lot of ways that you can reframe it that might make it more fun or might make it feel um, like something you want to do. So for example, if you've been putting off sexual communication with like partners and you're like finding it difficult, you can think of like these difficult conversations as practice. Like any difficult conversation is great practice for other difficult conversations. So you can like think of this as like, this is going to help my sex life. <laughs> this is going to help me communicate to partners better. That's one way you can like reframe it to like give yourself some motivation. I mean, I would say it would help you with job talks and interviews and all of these other times where you get kind of <laughs> scared about the outcomes of a conversation. It's just, it's about practicing. That's the only thing that can get you better at it as well. I think that's a really positive way to look at it. Yeah. Your sex will get better if you get your relatives <laughs> vaccinated against COVID. Yep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So reframe it however it feels encouraging to you, right? Like, you can view yourself as a superhero. You can view yourself as like the strong pu public health advocate, you know, like whatever works for you. And, and also know that the work you're doing is important, even if someone doesn't 
go get the vaccine that day, right? So like know that these conversations and having them is so important to actually getting more people vaccinated and us having um, more freedom in our lives. All right. Well, if you have any questions about this episode or follow-up questions, or if you want to send us your success story or a problem that you had had, we'd love to hear from you. Um, feel free to reach out. You can send us an email. We're the sexwrap at gmail.com. That's rap with a W. Uh, you can call us at 413-I-RAP-IT, and you can find us on our social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Sex Wrap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too af- Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.